This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning. We begin by singing our first song, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins. To God our Father. Most merciful God, 
we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the first Sunday after Trinity Sunday. The Old Testament reading appointed for today is written in the 15th chapter of Genesis. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is written in 1 John, the fourth chapter. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. 
Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abram said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. Besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, Neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Jesus conquered death in the grave for you and me. Hear these words from our Gospel reading today in Luke chapter 16. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. These are the words of our text, God's grace and his mercy and his peace. Be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. What is necessary for your salvation? In other words, what do you need to be saved? Well, let's start off with one thing you don't need in order to be saved. You don't need to be rich. That's good news. You don't need to be rich in order to be saved. The the guy in our text was loaded. He pigged out every day. He eats the, the best food that money can buy. He's wearing the best clothes. He's living in luxury. His donkey is a Lincoln. His jet is a Gulf Stream. In this life, riches are your golden ticket. The rich get what they want. They can buy their way into the best clubs. They can make a phone call and eat wherever in the world they want. With a flick of the wrist, people jump and get them what they want. If riches 
could save you. This guy in the text has got it. He's got it now. He's got to have it forever. He ought to be able to buy his way into heaven. Nothing is closed to him. So why would heaven be closed to him? Why would salvation be out of reach for him? He is rich. And yet, heaven was out of reach for this guy. He can't buy his way into heaven. It is closed to him. He's on the outside looking up. Jesus tells us the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side and he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am in anguish in this flame. So the rich guy doesn't get in. So then, riches are not necessary for salvation. You can't buy your way in. You don't need to be rich in order to be saved. That's really good news for you and me. But rich people can be saved. They can. There are rich people who are saved. Abraham was loaded. Jacob was filthy rich. King David, King Solomon, they were featured in lifestyles of the rich and famous. So, rich people are saved, but they are not saved because they are rich. In fact, Riches can actually be a stumbling block to salvation, can't they? Jesus says that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to be saved. Why, Why does Jesus say that? Because Jesus understands and knows that riches can become a stumbling block to salvation. When you are rich, you are tempted to put your trust, your faith in your riches. They become your security in life instead of God. You fear love and trust in your riches instead of in Christ. You worship your riches. You don't need Jesus because you figure you can buy your way in, but you can't. Riches can't buy you a seat at the marriage feast of the Lamb. So rich people are saved, but riches don't save them. Something else saves them. What is it? What do they need to be saved? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But before that, think about this. The rich can't be saved by their riches, so what about the poor? Can poverty or suffering or hardship or persecution get you into eternal life? I mean, think about it. The poor man, Lazarus, in the text, he is saved. Jesus tells the story. And at the rich man's gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Yuck. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. 
Well, there you have it. Poverty, suffering, hunger, and hardship. That must be the golden ticket to salvation. So go sell everything you have and you'll be saved. Go get poor. Go out there and get some hardship. Go starve yourself. Go suffer and you'll be saved. Go live in a cave in the desert mountains. Go join a monastery and take a vow of poverty and celibacy. People did that. People still do that. Thinking that poverty will save them. Is that what you need to be saved? You need poverty, you need suffering, you need self-denial? Boy, almost sounds good enough, doesn't it? But wait a minute. Are there poor people in hell? Well, hell is full of poor people too. Think about all the monks and all of the nuns who sold everything and joined a religious order and they thought that their poverty would save them. By selling everything, they thought they had earned salvation. They counted on their good work of poverty to get them into heaven. But salvation is not by works of the law, but by God's grace alone. And there are people who are truly poor, not by choice, but really poor, and poor people who aren't saved. Think about the poor around the world who worship false gods. They reject Jesus. They believe in reincarnation. They believe that they have chosen a life of poverty before they were born in order that they might get closer to God, working their way to becoming a drop in the ocean of Godhood. And they trust also in poverty as their good work, and, well, they're lost too. But then there are poor people who are saved, like Lazarus in our text. He is poor, and he is saved. But his poverty doesn't save him. Something else saves him. What is it? What do you need in order to be saved? Well, after all of this, we're back to square one. Back to the original question, what is necessary for your salvation? In other words, what do you need in order to be saved? So let's go back to our text and let's look for the answer. And The key for you and me is found at the very end of the text. The rich man is in hell and he is concerned for the salvation of his brother. Let's let Jesus do the storytelling. We read, And the rich man in hell said to Father Abraham, Then I beg you, Father, to send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. There. That's the answer to our question. What do you need to be saved? You need Moses and the prophets. You need to hear Moses and the prophets. You need to believe what Moses and the prophets say. In other words, you need the Word of God. You need the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. What is necessary for your salvation and mine? The Word of God. The Word of God alone is sufficient. 
sufficient to give you salvation, sufficient to give you saving faith in Jesus, sufficient to keep you in saving faith in Jesus through life into death and to life eternal. Even the word of God in the Old Testament, Moses and the prophets, is sufficient to save you. That's what Jesus is saying in this parable. That Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament, has everything you need in order to be saved. Then take the Old Testament, Moses and the prophets, and join it with the New Testament, the apostles and the evangelists, and you have the complete word of God necessary and sufficient for your salvation. The word of God points you to Jesus. The Old Testament cries out, a Savior is coming. The New Testament cries out, the Savior is here. The Old Testament calls him Emmanuel, God with us. The New Testament names him Jesus, God dwelling with us, who will save his people from their sins. The Old Testament says God will lay the sins of his people upon his servant. The New Testament says that God laid upon Jesus your sins and mine. The Old Testament says, the Lord is my shepherd. The New Testament says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, for you and me, that our sins might be forgiven, that we might have eternal life. So what do you need to be saved? You need the word of God. The Bible teaches us faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The rich man is worried about his brothers and he thinks they need Lazarus. They need a sign, someone coming back from the dead. He thinks that if Lazarus, a dead guy, comes back to life and tells his brothers about hell, where he is suffering, then he thinks that his brothers will repent and they will believe and be saved. But Father Abraham and Jesus says they don't need Lazarus. They have everything they need. They have Moses and the prophets. What more do they need? They have the word of God. What do your friends and your loved ones need in order to be saved? They need the word of God. What does this lost world need? The word of God. Near the end of John's gospel, we read this. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. The word of God is what is necessary. The word of the law and the gospel. The law, the wages of sin is death. The gospel, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, it's the word of God that works repentance in you and me. It is the word of God that grants to you and me saving faith. And it is quick to bring to you and me forgiveness of sins when we are overcome by guilt and shame for what we have done. Think about it. How was Lazarus, the poor guy in our text, how was Lazarus, this poor man, saved? He was saved by the word of God. He had Moses and the prophets. The word of God granted him saving faith. He, he believed God's word and the promises of God. He trusted in the Savior. He believed in the forgiveness of sins. He, he had the word of God. 
And why was the rich man lost in hell? Because he rejected Moses and the prophets. He rejected the word of God. Father Abraham told the rich man that his, his brothers had Moses and the prophets. And, and when Abraham said, let them listen to them, what does the rich man say? Do you remember? What is his response when Father Abraham says they've got Moses and the prophets? He says, no, 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 Father Abraham, no, Moses and the prophets, that's not enough. They need more. His sharp response shows that the rich man still in hell doesn't trust the word of God. That's why he's in hell, isn't it? He rejected the word of God, the word of God spoken, the word of God in print, the word of God in flesh and blood. So what is necessary for your salvation? What do you need to be saved? You need the word of God. Listen to what St. Paul says about the word of God. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes the Jews first and then to the Greek. Again, St. Paul writes, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Why is the word of God necessary? Because it tells you about Jesus Christ, who is your Savior, the Savior of the world. Jesus is the heart and the center of Holy Scripture. Jesus said, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear testimony about me. St. Paul writes to a pastor named Timothy, and he writes, from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, in Jesus Christ. The word of God tells you, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will be saved and will not, will not perish but will have eternal life. The word of God preached, the word of God in water, with water and baptism, the word of God with bread and wine and holy communion, the word of God read, in the Bible, in your devotions. This is how God saves you. This is how God keeps you in salvation. The word of God makes you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You have the word of God. So listen. Listen to Moses and the prophets. Listen to the apostles and the evangelists. Listen to how one of our hymns puts it. God's word is our great heritage and shall be ours forever. To spread its light from age to age shall be our chief endeavor. Through life it guides our way, in death it is our stay. Lord, grant while worlds endure, we keep its teachings pure throughout all generations. You have Moses and the prophets. You have the apostles and the evangelists. You have everything you need to be saved. In Christ, 
You are rich. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Please stand and join with me as we speak the Christian faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Jesus, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>